this week's episode of the Marketing Chief Podcast, we welcome brand strategist and communication expert, Brian Tipping, a partner in the creative brand marketing agency, The Jakes Group, to the podcast. We take an in-depth look at strong communication and branding strategies, creative that touches your emotions, and a look back at the heyday of the pizza wars and what it was like to be in the middle of all of the action. Stay tuned for this week's edition of the Marketing Chief Podcast. Welcome to the Marketing Chief Podcast. I'm your host, Rob Collins. If you'd like to watch this podcast instead of just listen to it, head over to our website and click on the Episodes tab at marketingchiefpodcast.com or search for Marketing Chief Podcast on YouTube. Today, I'm pleased to welcome a former colleague, a friend, a mentor, someone I respect highly, Brian Tipping. Welcome to the Marketing Chief Podcast. Hey, thanks, Mr. Collins. It's nice to be here. Brian, you have a, such a great career agency side, client side, retail, entertainment. Yeah. It's so broad. Yes. Tell us what you're doing now, and then we'll dive into some of your experiences from the past. Yeah, right now, um, about a year and a half ago, I joined a great small little brand consulting and creative shop called the Jakes Group. Um, mm -hmm. I work with Laura Jakes many moons ago, um, but have always been highly impressed with her and her um, not only background and her talents, but you've been around long enough to know that in our business there are um, there are art directors and creative directors who are um, good at what they do, but they they don't really move into the area of, of artist, right? Mm -hmm. And and what I like about Laura, uh, love about Laura, is that she has the spirit of an artist. Um, she's the president of uh, the local uh, arts commission. Um, she always views things through that business lens, but she can't help but bring that true creative spirit to everything she does. And I really think that that makes a, a big difference when you look at things not through necessarily the technical, you know, artistic eye or, you know, the academic, but that that true artistic spirit comes out and she's, she's won a ton of awards. And so the idea that when um, we were talking a couple of years ago about when I was had my own consulting firm about, you know, you do this brand consultant work and it's, it's dynamite. And I've got this creative flair and, and little group that I'm working with. And what do you think if we just bring them together? And so about a year and a half ago, we decided to do that. And, um, just in time for, you know, the COVID thing. <laughs> right. But, That's the um, story no, of 2020. Yeah. We're off to the races. Um, they, she's always had a solid underpinning of business. And um, um, when I started sharing with people that we were joining forces that knew us both, um, there was actually a lot of, um, a lot of uh, uh, earnest uh, uh, and eager uh, desire to work with us. Mm -hmm. And so we've been fortunate to, um, to, get through the COVID thing um, by having a couple of really good supportive clients um, and, um, and really just really good creative product. So it's really interesting, isn't it, how inspired you can be by being around very creative people? Yeah, I, um, I think it's difficult. Um, my background is communications, rhetorical theory, so I consider myself a communications person first, and then, um, and then I consider myself a brand professional because a lot of the 
um, things that attach to communication theory also attach well to brand theory mm-hmm. and, and brand strategy. So, and then I kind of even ladder up then to marketing. So it's a very natural, you know, seamless progression. But since my academic background was in, you know, rhetoric, rhetorical theory, public speaking, audience analysis, all the things we do as brand professionals and marketers, I can't help but think that way. That's the upfront work, right? That's right. the that's the that's the stuff that I enjoy. That's the stuff that I've always been kind of motivated to do great work around. You get a brand and you want me to look at it, you're going to see me smiling. Um, but um, but what we're sometimes missing is that strong connection between strategy and creative. You know, the, how do you how do you interpret all those elements, the audience input, you know, the product input, the competitive input, um, the, the identity, the positioning. How do you take all that, put it in a really nice package and make a difference creatively? You know, really not just not just create something that um, makes sense, but something that's meaningful, something that's going to advance the brand. And uh, and so, yeah, I get inspired by creative people who who can really it's almost like to me, it's like a a, a band. You know, if you got a mm-hmm. great guitar player who's just kind of free, you know, freelance and freestyle and you got a drum who can pick it up. And then you got a bass player who can jump. It sounds like a jam session, right? And yeah, when it's absolutely. working, it's awesome. And when it's not working, you say, hey, time out. <laughs> you got to tune that up a little bit because you're not keeping up with me or whatever it might be. And we've got a great relationship today uh, between Laura and I and the team that I think we're always very honest and about, hey, come on, let's, let's, let's talk a little harder. Let's move a little faster or whatever to make sure we're meeting the client need, not just our creative needs, right? Well, and it's easy. I think the band analogy is really interesting because you need all of those parts and you can tell when something is out of sync. And the one thing I've really appreciated and learned from you over the years is you're such a brand strategist that the strategy has to come first before the creative is manifested and you're really honing in on a customer need or a product attribute or something to build that connection with the customer. Give me an example of something you've worked on in the past where you really felt like, man, the strategy, we nailed that strategy and it was so good for the consumer and it really elevated the brand. Can you think of something that, that might fit that? When I was doing work with Lazy Boy, I had two things really going for me during that time. And I think the agency and the, the client did some great work together at that time. One of the things was awesome, smart clients. Mm-hmm. I mean, just there was a woman there named Jen Sievertson who was at Motorola first, came to Lazy Boy, is now with Dave Ramsey as their chief marketing officer. Brilliant. I mean, just, just you know, you know what it's like when you're working with people who have been in this, they get it, you're speaking the same language, you're using the same dictionary. Um, and you have an open, honest relationship. Um, so you get the call from the client says, Brian, you, I don't know what to do. You kind of back me into a corner here. Can you help me get out of it? And what we had that relationship that allowed you to do that. So, so one of the things we did with Lazy Boy, uh, this is the good news, bad news one, right? This is, I'll, I'll tell you that there was a really, we built a really strong strategy together because Lazy Boy, as you probably know, is pretty well known for their recliners. 
Right. Absolutely. But they're not really well known. I've, I've slept in. I've slept in plenty of they're them. They're awesome product, right? There's a reason <laughs> they're right. well known for it. And but um, but they weren't as well known for their other furniture, right? Which was really awesome. And when this group came in, uh, the work, the group that I just mentioned came in, um, whether it be Doug Collier or Jen Sievertson or Mark Wagner or Leslie Barrow, this team was awesome, and they knew that they had to elevate the brand and take it beyond. So, so I, we had the strategy as an agency and we're working through this. We were given the opportunity to help them um, kind of um, move some things forward in terms of a, a campaign. So we layered everything on and um, we, we came up with what I thought was a great strategic approach, which was simplify, um, leverage the brand um, because it is a powerful brand. I mean, and there, there's a lot of equity behind it. And so the line that as the agency came up with was um, um, relax. It's a lazy boy. Relax. Uh, and, and it's, it's nice. It works in a couple of different ways there, right? Yes. Yes. And, it's, it's... Um, it, it borrows the equity uh, of, of what was built up over the years. Lazy boy, if anything's known as a relaxing experience, right? Mm -hmm. Comfortable. Um, that's what they wanted to be known for. But it also instills that confidence that says, you know, relax. This is, you don't have to worry about A, B, C, or D. It's a lazy boy for crying out loud, just buy it. Right. And um, and so the, the good news is that I felt really strongly about that. The bad news is that the client did not. <laughs> they actually went with, they actually wanted to, I don't know if they were comfortable leaning on their heritage. They actually wanted to feed into it more and they went with something about, I don't remember it exactly, but it was something about the original Lazy Boy and how you can trust it because of that. I thought it was a little longer. Mm. I thought it was a, a pushback a little bit because as you know, agency who's been on that side of the other side of the desk, sometimes you want to, you need a little push, but in the end, they didn't go with it. I still think it's a rock solid strategy. Um, I'd pitch it again today, um, but. Uh, um, Trademark it. Pardon me? Trademark it. <laughs> it's strong. <laughs> it is strong. Sometimes, sometimes the best stuff you think is great for whatever reason somebody else doesn't. And you got to not think of it as a personal, you know, whatever. You just got to say, you know what? They're in it. They know things that I don't. They, um, they may have seen some research I don't have. They may, or they may have seen maybe their attorneys knocked it. You know, who, it's, it's always hard to know. But all you can do is do your best work. Well, and that, man, I, I love that, first of all. I think that's great. I think I was pretty proud. knowing you, I know it was based in brand research and customer insights. And, Tons of stuff, yeah. And honestly doesn't feel risky. But having been on the agency side, how do you, how do you push a client towards an idea that you know is going to help their brand, you know is going to help their business? Sure. And they're reluctant in some way. When you have clients that you have great relationships with that you built trust with that you they, they know that you know your stuff right and you know that they know theirs the truth is that once you've kind of earned that trust and that you know kind of the um, the integrity of the client and the integrity of the agency and you're just trying to do good work together once you kind of over that hurdle it's not selling anymore it's it's um it's just trying to do the best work together to advance the brand. Mm -hmm. And um, I did that for a, 
um, Catholic Health Health Partners. Uh, I worked with Mercy Health for a while. And um, I was sitting around the room with a bunch of people one day trying to figure out how to solve some problems with um, with competition and brand and that type of thing. And um, one of the people that I greatly respect um, said in the room, she, said, she was the chief marketing person at the time, said in the room, I think we're asking the wrong questions, right? I mean, and, and it takes, it takes I think, courage to say that. Yes. It's not about what's the next promotion. Maybe it's about who we are. Maybe it's about, you know, uh, saying some stuff that we haven't said in a while. And, and we ended up, and it was, it, it was, yes, it was my idea, but it was our idea that we would do a, a brand campaign. It was time that we didn't push a service line, that we didn't talk about, you know, this, that, or this, but we, we reinformed the community about who we are, what we stand for, and, and, and why we're here. And we did a, a, a campaign called Mercy Moments. It's one of the best things I've ever touched. Um, and um, I, thought, I think it did really good things for, for that client and that brand in the market. And um, it was well received, not just by, you know, um, the external public, but I remember being in, um, showing this, showing the TV spot in a room with nurses and other, you know, staff. And we got done showing the spot after we rolled it because we were rolled out internally first and people were crying. They were so proud to be a part of that. We had captured it really well who we are and what they wanted to, to stand for and how they wanted to represent themselves. And it really touched people within the organization. And that's always a pretty good, you know, litmus test too, um, on how you're doing as a people, but in the organization and get behind it. So. Oh, absolutely. And, and if you've reached an audience emotionally, you've reached them in a, in a way that transcends logic sometimes. Even. I, I, I fell in love with this business for that reason. Mm -hmm. um, I was um, I was at Domino's and um, I was called by um, someone at Domino's and said we could really use some help in international. Um, he goes, but we could use that help at the agency, and so they they uh, sent me over to the agency, uh, Campbell Ewald, mm -hmm. and uh, um, we we came to an agreement where I would go to work for Campbell Ewald, but I run their international business. And um, the uh, while I was at Campbell Ewald, I I was they have a, a a university where you go through to make sure you you're kind of walking in lockstep with their processes and how they do things and what their heritage is. And I was um, I was in a, a a meeting where the creative director for Chevrolet was talking about a campaign they had done for the um, the Chevy S10. Mm -hmm. Okay. And at the time, I was an S10 owner. Okay. So, so, so I was really interested in this. And and I remember buying, buying the truck, thinking to myself in my mind, I really like this because I I was going away on the weekends. I was a young man. I was throwing stuff in the back. I was like, this is kind of a modern day equivalent of a man and his horse, right? And so I'm in this I'm in this presentation where the guy's walking through the creative strategy, and he brings the creative strategy up on the screen, and the line literally says modern day equivalent of a man and his horse. <laughs> so somehow, somehow that went from strategy to creative to um, articulation and expression and sent out. And it caught 
and I caught it. Yes, you I don't did. know how I caught it, but I caught it. And what they said in their brain, I said in my brain. And it made me think to myself, I want to do that. You were at Domino's Pizza. You left the agency, went to Domino's corporate headquarters in Ann Arbor. Yeah. And you were at Domino's Pizza during a very, really foundational time in yeah, the company's like, history. Yeah, And we were, we, because I worked there as well, yeah. uh, not, a, not a corporate, I believe a $2.6 billion company back then owned by Tom Monahan, who yeah. also owned the Tigers and was a pretty eccentric, interesting yeah. individual. Tell me, tell me a little bit about Domino's Pizza during those days. It was a great place because if you ran hard and worked hard and you performed, you were rewarded, you were acknowledged. And so starting out as a marketing coordinator, ended up as a director of uh, segmentation and customer information in the research department and was promoted, I think, six times in five years or five and six. I, it's, it's confusing. But that's that's when Domino's was just hitting the national stage. Um, and I was really blessed to be involved for, for being such a young professional, to be involved in very big things. Mm -hmm. um, just as, as an example, um, I was working directly with the agency um, on developing the marketing materials catalog and the brand standards guide. So when people say, how'd you get your start in branding? I'd say, well, I literally <laughs> wrote the, the, the brand standards guides for Domino's Pizza back in the first one. And I wrote, you helped me with the second thing I did. I, we worked on the um, local store marketing um, catalog and mm -hmm. promotional um, tools. And um, that was, boy, you talk about great exposure. I remember <laughs> part of it is just doing work because you like it and doing work when other people might not want to do it, right? So, so, to, so there were some real cool things to do at Domino's during that time. We were doing national mm -hmm. TV. We were working with MTV. We were doing some yeah, we had Mar Mar Martha Quinn was on our TV spots yeah, back then. Was, yep, yep. And uh, Martha Quinn, for those of you who don't know, was one of the original MTV VJs. Yeah, very cool, very famous at the mm -hmm. time, very mm -hmm. cutting edge at the time. Mm -hmm. And uh, Domino's recruited it because they had this um, an awesome strategy, which I still re refer to back today, was that Domino's came out with a strategy that was um, kind of cut up a little bit. If before five, you make friends. And after five, you make money, right? So, so that's, they were that's doing interesting, right? Right. Yeah. So they were doing some really cool stuff around, you know, brand and uh, attitude and perception um, up until a certain point in the day, and then they'd still drop it in. But they kind of flipped the switch at that point, went to promotional because it was time to sell some pizzas, sure. right? Um, so that was so that was kind of part of that campaign when we work with, with Martha. But the interesting thing was, as a young marketer, I was offered opportunities to do things like, I was the I was the guy at photo shoot that people would look to and say, are we okay on brand? Does the product look good? And, and then, yeah, the art directors and creative directors were all involved, but I remember being at one specifically, I mean, I'm 20, 23, 24 years old, and there are these, I'm on this set where they're filming this national stuff. And I remember one of the, one of the uniform guys showed up and he had a white t-shirt on like I'm wearing here. And all of a sudden somebody goes, hang on, hang on, hang on. Is that 
can he have that t-shirt on? Is that, is that yeah, up to within standard? the brand standards? Yeah. Does he have to take that off? And, and like, it got really quiet. Everybody like just turned towards me and looked at me and I'm like, <laughs> we're good. Yeah. We're good. <laughs> Somehow this 23 or 24 year old had, you know, got to make power. a on if it's good or not. And it was, um, it was great. It was a great time to be there. There was such energy. Um, you had a bunch of people who may not have known exactly what they're doing, but boy, the passion, these people would run through walls to make that company successful. And um, you had that from operations to marketing uh, to, to the owner. And it was very, um, it was very exciting to be a part of. It really did, I think, start with Tom Monahan. Absolutely. He built that chain. And for people who don't know, the the three dots on the dominoes represented his first three stores, right? And um, he was a hardworking guy. And the people that were running the company at that time were all people who had mostly started as delivery drivers. Absolutely. CEO, yeah. CEO at the time was and worked their way up. Yep. And they worked their way up, and it was it was a very hard driving, gritty, but fun, fast paced atmosphere. Yeah. I would say to those who are coming up in their career, if you can get with a young brand that's growing, do it. Because as your experience has shown, you get exposure to a lot of different things and crazy. you're at the size of a company where you have the money to do that. Yeah, um, it, was, um, it was like um, such a compressed course in marketing, advertising, branding, all over. And we had a great agency at the time. They were, they literally were couple miles away from right. 243 they were great and there were some really bright people there um who who just brought great ideas and again it's that it's that it's that team it's the it's the client who respects the agency and the agency that respects the client and knows that they're in they both want the same thing mm -hmm. and i think you know we had um we had a couple people actually from the agency come over and join us uh, one of them was a, a a guy i still look to and say he was he was a mentor for me glenn mellinger I don't know if you remember Glenn. I remember Glenn. Yeah, absolutely. And Glenn was just a, he was smart and he believed in freedom and responsibility and he'd give you a chance if you wanted it. Um, um, and he'd reward you if you did well. He acknowledged you. Um, just a just a great guy, great marketing mind, great manager. Um, and there were those people kind of sprinkled throughout the organization like there are most organizations. And you got to seek them out, right? And make sure that you are... Um, learning not just you know from the work you're doing every day but from the people around you that make the most sense mm -hmm. so and that's why they sent me to spend some time with you you were knocking it down in the regional market and they said if you want to know how to do it in the regional <laughs> market go spend time with rob collins and i yes. did let's move on from that um so the quirkiness of dominoes was pretty interesting so a couple of things that i remember and i just want you to illuminate a little bit you drive into the Domino's headquarters. First of all, it's a, it's a three-story building that's like super long, like a half yeah. mile long or something ridiculous. Quarter mile, you, I think, at least. What's that? Quarter was mile, it, I think. Quarter mile. And you didn't take the elevators because there were basically signs up that said, you know, exercise and take the stairs because, again, that was Tom. Tom was a fitness guy. And he it. was all about that. The farms, when, when you drove up, though, you'd see buffalo and... Yeah all yeah. these crazy animals, which is pretty interesting. And then the other thing I remember is, is, is Tom was a, is a visionary and thinks Absolutely. very differently than other people. And tough to keep up sometimes. very tough to keep up. In fact, 
Post Domino's, he built a community down in Florida, Ave Maria, which is a Catholic-based community for Catholic education and, and studies. He's thinking like that. And he had a crazy car collection, I remember. Yeah. He became very success- successful very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and But it didn't change fundamentally who he was in terms of the, some of the things he wanted to pursue. He always wanted to own the Detroit Tigers. He mm-hmm. just did it, right? And... Um, it was um, he 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 believed in fitness, and it wasn't just that he told you to take the stairs. He built a fitness center. Right. He was in the first one of the first in the country to have a. I mean, it was a and world it was, class. It was sweet. Yeah. With a running track in it <laughs> and weights and 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 um and what a perk that was, right? And he believed in taking care of people who, if you wanted to work longer, harder, he wanted to make it easy for you. He had a fitness center. He had three or four restaurants on premise, dry cleaning, running shoe store, you know, all well, the things that you could want were there. Way before companies were doing that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the camp, campuses like that were uncommon. Yeah, and then there were, I remember there being stories on it in national publications about the innovation mm-hmm. of the things he was doing um, and why people wanted to work for Domino's. And I just kind of, again, stumbled into the job. It was awesome. But to talk about your fit, the fitness approach, though, two people I work with. Um, I work with an Olympic gold medalist, Steve Frazier, and I work with Jeff Kazmir, who played in the NFL for a short time. Um, these are the type of people that um, he believed in because not because they were not just because they were successful, but because of their commitment to being successful and. I think he saw that in a lot of different people that if you if you can commit to something like he did, whether it be athletics or business or a, a, a person or then he respected that. He, he and, respected. Uh, it, was pretty, it was pretty amazing. Commitment, discipline, yeah. right? Yeah. hard work. Because yeah. um, yeah, that's how he became successful. That's right. That's exactly he, he he was. I mean, his his childhood story is yeah. tough. Right. Yeah. And he and he really. Like you said, he built an empire, and Kaz is still there, running, running well, Canada he, now. He's vice president of marketing for Domino's Pizza Canada, right, right, which is one of the largest franchisees. But yeah, he's still there. He's still, he's still winning. He's an impressive. He's an impressive guy. He's an impressive guy. He is an impressive guy. We, Kaz, we're gonna have to have you on because yeah, you, you'd, be, you'd, you'd be great. <laughs> you'd be great. So then you also worked for later, several years later, you worked for Domino's competitor and. What had happened in the in the pizza game? Pizza had started delivering. Domino's shares started going down. There was a lot of the pizza wars were big during um, kind of your rise in your career. Yeah, and you had kind of like the three big players, right? Right, Pizza Hut, Domino's, and Little Caesars. So then you went over to Pizza Pizza. Yeah, I did. I and um, ran after, international. After, I didn't just go directly there, but yeah, I kind of I kind of did a small stint at a at an agency and then wound up. Um, um, with a, a couple guys from Domino's ended up there, a guy by the name of Greg Rauco, who uh, was their president of International and Little Caesars. He worked over at, at Domino's and they, he went over there. And Stuart DeGussin, you know Stuart. I know Stuart. Stuart is, uh, again, you talk about a mentor. Oh, well, Stuart, Stuart had been at Domino's. Yeah, had been at Domino's and Wendy's before that and then ended up at, at Caesars. And um, I remember seeing something that they were looking for a uh, um, uh, VP of international or whatever. And I was like, you know, I missed the pizza business. Mm-hmm. 
They it's say fun, it's a fun business. Food, food can be really fun. Veins, right? They say you get sauce in the veins. And, uh, <laughs> I've not heard that. Right? That's yeah. And, like uh, it's hard to shake once you do it. I have a friend now who works for Marcos, and she worked at Domino's. And um, um, it's funny to compare the stories. But, um, but yeah, I went to Caesars because I sent a note off to, off to Stuart, and I said, hey, if you're looking for somebody you know, who has a little bit of international experience but a lot of pizza experience, uh, I'd be interested in talking to you. And I think, you know, a few weeks later, I was on a plane to Puerto Rico <laughs> where we were um, um, almost coincidentally where we were testing hot and ready at the time. And uh, it was very su su successful there. And so Stuart, I think, was very in instrumental in bringing that to the United States and, and potentially saving a lot of a lot of uh, businesses at the time because of when um, there was a time when um, the pizza battles really heated up. Uh, it used to be Domino's own delivery, Pizza Hut own quality, and Caesar's own value, mm -hmm. right? And then pizza started delivering, and Little Caesars made their pizza taste better. And all of a sudden, those things got jumbled, and the loyalty in the pizza segment became jumbled as well. Because if I can get my pizza delivered and it's just as good, why wouldn't I do that? Mm -hmm. And um, I think you remember when Pizza Hut entered the business, the delivery. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, and uh, everybody's heart missed the beat at Domino's because there was a commercial that they did where they, the drivers kind of put their hands up in the air and then dropped their keys, and it's like, we deliver. That's all they would need to say. And so you had the, what was at the time, according to our focus groups and our taste panels, the the best tasting you know pizza was coming into our neighborhoods. And that was that was that was uh, that was a wake up call. I think. What was different about Little Caesars uh, from a kind of a corporate culture standpoint? Um, there were some things that were the same. Um, mm -hmm. I was an international, so that was that was in itself different, and I loved that part of being different because um, I felt like I had kind of earned my PhD in in marketing with uh, with Domino's on the domestic side. Mm -hmm. And both organizations make you spend time in the store. They make you understand operations. Um, they, they, there's an appreciation for marketing and operations working together. But international, the thing that's international that's different is that um, the things we do here don't translate there. So my PhD in, in marketing and pizza um, in some ways made a lot of sense because um, you go to a market like Honduras or Turkey or Guatemala or Puerto Rico, wherever, wherever you're going, and you'd have to kind of start at point zero. You have to understand their market. You have to understand how, what, what their promotional strategy is, what their competitors are. I think the best thing about that job was learning about different cultures. Mm -hmm. You know, you can't, you can't help but be moved and influenced by what you saw when you travel abroad and everything from Turkey where I got to tell you nicest people I've come in contact with perfect hosts you know caring um, inviting um, what might be a lot different I don't know I can only speak to my own experiences but very different than going down to Honduras where the hosts were were awesome but there were armed guards on every corner. Mm. And I, I wasn't really allowed to leave without a bodyguard with, with me. So um, so those type of things where you look back and go, good experience, good cultural exposure while helping businesses do well in those environments. 
Um, and at the same time, it gives you a lot of perspective on what we have here as a country and what we should value in this country. Um, because you've seen what the other side looks like. Right. Yeah. We are we are coming up on our time here, Mr. Tipping. I do have a few more questions for you. Okay, I'm ready. Is there any public figure, mentor, speaker, author that has you followed where you said, man, that I get inspiration from that person. Yeah. Um, it's, you know, in my younger days, I could say that there were people that I kind of tried to model and follow and I was a sponge and I was kind of just trying to absorb whatever I could get. I mentioned a couple of my mentors here. Um, as I've, um, as I've kind of grown in my career, um, I find that learning will never stop for me, but um, sharing that experience and helping other people achieve their professional goals is probably more rewarding to me today than achieving my own. If that, I know that sounds silly. It's not like I'm, it's not like I'm done climbing the mountain, but I really like helping other people climb up the mountain now too. So um, if, um, if you were to go to my LinkedIn page and read some of the things people say about me, I think I'm, I'm honored that people think I'm a great marketer. Um, I'm blessed that people think I'm a, a good boss and a, yeah. a good mentor. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, that, that kind of, um, that has its own kind of reward. And so um, um, what am I reading today? I, I don't read, I don't read a lot of marketing stuff right now. Um, um, if you were to write a book, I would read it. But, <laughs> but, um, that, that's, that's coming. Uh, it just might be a little while. <laughs> um, but, um, but in terms of like, the, the, I've met, I read some stuff a couple years ago. It changes so fast now. I follow some blogs. Um, most of my, most of my time today is spent learning about worldviews and interests. But if you ask me what I'm reading today, I'm, I'm reading simple stuff like Gary Sinise's book, you know, and stuff that I think will help me do some mind puzzling, not just marketing puzzling. Right. Sorry that's if that's a, a bad answer, brother. No, it's a great answer. I, I, <laughs> I, I like to do the same. I yeah. try to read inspirational books. I try to read marketing books. I try to yeah. mix it up a little bit. Brian, thank you. I appreciate you being here. Brand strategist, uh, marketer extraordinaire, partner of the Jake's Group. Yes, Thank sir. you for joining us on the Marketing Chief Podcast. It was great. Thanks for it's uh, it's been an honor, and I appreciate you giving me a chance to share some stories. If you like what you hear on the Marketing Chief Podcast, be sure to subscribe or follow on your favorite podcast app or YouTube, and give us a rating on Apple Podcasts. We'll see you next time on the Marketing Chief Podcast. <laughs>